Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got a crazy story of totally messing up a neighbor's lawn. But first, a story from Will Palmer 7. You have to clock out for a cigarette break. I once worked in a nice bar slash restaurant slash hotel in the UK and at the time was a smoker. Also, this establishment had a digital clock in and clock out system with a credit sized swipe card assigned to each employee. I was just a simple barman pouring pints, running food and clearing up. My direct manager, let's call her Stina as that was her name, was lovely and we got along very well. But above her was a bit of a jerk of a manager, let's call her Margaret, also her real name. Cue malicious compliance. Stina and I both enjoyed a cigarette break out the back in the car park, but Margaret didn't think we should smoke during work hours, unless on a break. So to combat this, Margaret said that we would have to clock in and out for each smoke break. Not a problem. Now, something that we'd worked out with the clock in and clock out device was that it rounded to the nearest 15 minutes. 15, 30, 45, or on the hour. So we figured if we clock out at 11.53 and then clock back in by 12.07, it would round both to 12 midday. We tested this and sure enough, on our next payslip, it showed we never took a break. So we kept doing this every time and we're sure to tell everyone else earning minimum wage, working crap hours about this hack. I left a few months later and found out from a friend that Margaret left And shortly after that, the new manager changed the clocking in and out system. But I thoroughly enjoyed those 14-minute paid cigarette breaks. Do you guys think that OP should essentially feel any guilt for essentially stealing time from their employer? Or do you think it starts and ends with the manager considering they allowed for a system that could be abused so easily? Let me know what you guys think down in the comments. Our next story is from Twisted Wish. Matching clothes? Okay, will do, mother. Like many young kids, I didn't understand why clothes were so important. Obviously, wearing them is important, but as a little five-year-old, I didn't have a clue about fashion. As I got older, I got more say in what clothes my parents bought for me, but I still didn't know which shirt to go with, which pants, or stuff like that. My mother would often yell at me in the morning about my clothing choices, usually defaulting to, those don't match. Then she'd either make me dress myself again or pick out my clothes for me. One such morning, I go upstairs for breakfast, and my mother once again says, You can't go to school like that. Go find something that matches. This morning, I decided to be a bit cheeky. Matching clothes? I can do that. I had this yellow skirt that I liked and a yellow shirt. I also wore some yellow socks. Sadly, I didn't have any yellow shoes to go with them, but I think I had enough yellow to prove my point. I go upstairs again, and my mother says, You are not going out like that. To which I reply, but they match. My mother pauses and then sighs, I guess they do. So that day I went to school looking like a humanized version of Lala from the Teletubbies. I'm not gonna lie, I myself don't particularly care very much about matching clothes. Obviously if something is like hugely clashing I wouldn't wear it. But if I'm gonna go out to like watch a movie or something, I'm not really gonna care if my shirt matches whatever pants or shorts I wear, or if my shoes are a matching color or whatever. I think it's gotta reach a certain level of importance or fancy for me to really care. 
Now, if I'm meeting a partner's parents for the first time, yeah, I'll probably put a little effort in. Our next story is from Nastacha. New supervisor asked me for doctor's note. This happened last week and I thought it belongs on this sub. My company is very busy and very short of staff and is asking everyone for overtime and imploring to come and work on their days off. I got sick last week and was feeling very poorly and took a COVID test and it was positive. This was on my day off. I called work, said I'm positive for COVID and won't go to work in the next couple of days. They said, okay, no problem. Two days later on Monday, I'm feeling worse and called again and asked for my supervisor. He wasn't there and I talked with a new assistant that started two weeks ago and tell him I'm taking another couple of days since I'm feeling very bad with coughing and muscle pain. And he tells me, no, I have to come to work sick or get a doctor's note. It's very hard to see a doctor where I live if you have COVID. Where I am, the government asks employers not to ask for doctor's notes for COVID since all the doctors are busy and overworked. I asked him, are you sure you want me to get a doctor's note for COVID? And since when do we need a note? He keeps affirming that I need one. I said, sure, I'll call my doctor. I called my doctor's office and asked for an appointment, with the reason being I have COVID and I need a note. The secretary tells the doctor they'll call me in a couple of hours. I was very lucky. When I talked with the doctor, he tells me, sure, no problem. I'm putting you off sick for 10 days. I emailed the note to my supervisor and human resources, saying instead of the two extra days that I asked to be off work, my doctor decided that I needed more time off, so I'll be back only next week. Here's the note. Haven't heard a peep from them. Honestly, considering that OP is positive with COVID, isn't it for the best that they take 10 days off? Like, isn't that just a part of, like, how long you should stay away from work? Our next story is from Prize Supermarket 927. Your rules cost you $30,000 in your job, and I don't feel bad at all. A bunch of years ago, I worked in IT support at a big company. We had three sections, desktop, server, mainframe. I was in mainframe. Desktop and server used a third-party ticketing system that included first-level support. Mainframe didn't use it often, but still had accounts to open and close tickets for the rare time we needed it. One day, my desktop flaked out. I called the help desk and logged a ticket like any other user. A while later, I got a call from the head of desktop, who was many levels above me. He was mad that I called the help desk. See, he had to pay a bunch of money for my special support account, and he had to pay money every time someone called the help desk. He told me in no uncertain terms that I was never to call the help desk. I was instead to log and direct my own tickets. I pushed back, pointing out that I wouldn't know where to direct the tickets in most cases. He responded via email that I could direct the tickets to any reasonable queue and that his people would figure it out. Thankfully for me, he reiterated in email that I was never ever to call the help desk and should instead log and direct all tickets. Jump forward a few months, each support function gets a bonus if they stay compliant with service levels throughout the year. 100% compliance gets you a bonus, less does not. Desktop is pushing hardest. The guy from above stands to get a $30,000 payout if they get 100% and zero if they don't. In that job, Priority 1 tickets require a 15-minute response time. Any Priority 1 tickets that took over 15 minutes to respond to meant loss of bonus. One day when I'm working on a mainframe upgrade, my desktop craps the bed again. Since the mainframe's down and I'm the only one available to bring it back up, it's a Priority 1 ticket. So I log into the ticketing system, properly enter my P1 ticket, and throw it into a reasonable queue, the general desktop support queue. 
and then I wait. The wait comes because I know the system does not specifically flag priority one tickets. There's no alert or warning or push notification that tells you that a priority one ticket has entered your queue. I was aware that the help desk manual required calling the queue owner for a priority one ticket to get around this issue, but I couldn't call the help desk, remember? And I didn't have access to the handbook to know who to call, as I'd told the head of desktop earlier, so I wait. I wait until the queue tells them at the 15 minute mark that they've just gone out of compliance. No 100%, no bonus, all gone. I get pulled into a conference call with the head of my division, the head of desktop, the CIO, and other bigwigs. Desktop demands to know why my ticket didn't route properly. I explain the above. Desktop demands to know who told me not to call the help desk. Why, you did, sir. You told me never to do so. I have the email right here. Would you like to refresh your memory? The CIO jumps in. I'd certainly like to see it. I throw it up on screen for all to see. The insistence that I never call help desk. My reminder that I didn't know how to route tickets. And his response to do, well, what I had just done. Desktop tried to pin it back on me, but thankfully my head, the CIO, and the other heads all recognized that it was his fault and put the blame squarely on him. He lost his bonus, but also later that year, his job. Apparently he'd been a jerk other places and this was the last straw. For reference, each call to the help desk cost about $6.50. His ban on me using the help desk would net the company about $39 a year in call charges and lost him about $30,000 in bonus. And for clarification, he and the CIO were the only ones getting bonuses from this. None of the worker bees got anything. No one got screwed by this except the idiot who did it and the guy who hired him. Let me tell you, all I know is if somebody who I hired ended up costing me $30,000 in a bonus, I would fire them too, especially if there was more than enough reason elsewhere to do so. That's the kind of money for a person like me that I would be laying in bed every single night for the rest of that year staring at the ceiling, thinking about what I could have gotten with that $30,000. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Blazenter. Make sure to come to these illegal shifts. Alrighty, gonna make myself very, very sure. I work in what's likely one of the most boring museums ever, within one of the most touristically overrated places ever, in the country of a former inquisition nobody ever expects. More specifically, I work for the security company such museum is hired. My job is security and service assistant which is the resume hype fodder term to say I'm one of the people that stands still in a corner and sporadically wanders around to make sure no one violates the rules of common sense, such as not touching any god heckin' darn thing, along with other smaller deeds. The key detail here is the fact that my job requires me to stand still with no moment to sit down and rest. Excluding the rare case of zero visitors in my area, or my 15 minute rest, while wearing the most counterintuitively uncomfortable footwear mankind has laid curse upon our existence with for uniformity's sake. Every one of us assistants here is on part-time, working 5 hours and 15 minute shifts, excluding in particular cases. The predominant kind of case was some empty place needing to be patched up, and leading to one of us working a full day, 10 hours, 30 minutes, shift. This was until my coordinator and antagonist of this story came here. 
Despite her gender, I'll refer to my coordinator as Bob from now on, as her hair is in possession of the same style and color of sideshow Bob's from The Simpsons. She, as a coordinator, does the exact same job as us plus a few coordination, duh, and communication-related chores. Strictly speaking, and by word of our actual boss, she still counts as an assistant and Bob is not our boss. But you see, she acquired some perks for her job. This comes thanks to the entirely coincidental happenstance of her being married to the man that's two steps below the CEO of the company. Some of Bob's perks include committing frick tons of negligences that should ideally get her fired, facing no repercussions for sabotaging our jobs in small but accumulatingly annoying manners, being explicitly pardoned for psychological abuse and homophobic behavior, her back always being covered by our actual boss, and most relevantly, being full-time employed, the first one of her kind in here for as long as the company worked for this museum. She doesn't do 10-hour, 30-minute shifts. No, 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 that's far too inconvenient for her. She only works 8 hours flat per day, and then has someone cover her place during the last 2 hours, 30 minutes, every day sans Sundays, which she hardly ever gets shifts for. Bob already disdained my person, pretty much just a half hour after her start in here, for the sole sake of me politely pointing out some things she was doing wrong, or wasn't allowed to do. This petty dislike towards me became full-blown hatred towards my person fast, and aggravated by the moment she learned that not only am I bisexual, but I also dare date someone with the same genitals as me, as this apparently made her vision of the Christian god angry or something. Maybe she's jealous of me being with an actual angel. Who knows? Either way, and apologies for how hard it is for me to make things direct and brief, both her unnecessary shenanigans and mostly her self-set schedule ruin the stability of ours, which she as a coordinator has to do for us. So our monthly schedules have become very wacky due to this hour unevenness, way much worse than you'd expect for just 2 hours and 30 minutes, trust me. Her own ineptitude and sporadic self-confusion leads to more full day shifts than what used to be the usual. This led to my team being allowed to contact a specific branch of HR to clear confusions and get 100% official confirmations of the schedules set on our profiles as a way to double check as not even our coordinator can get it right in her files at times. Also possibly the fact that she often forgets to tell us about any unforeseen changes as well. This is important later. Fast forward to past September, one of these preventable full day shifts happen and has been laid upon me for what may or may not be spite in a day that also happened to be a museum's related festivity of my land, prompting us to remain open three additional hours for entirely free for the hundreds of people that are entirely oblivious were free many more days of the year as well, effectively making me stand up for 13 barely paused hours. My reward for that not even fully paid shift was a plantar fasciitis, but not of an enoughly bad degree to make me unable to stop working. I still fared quite fine in regular shifts. This supposedly meant no more full day shifts for me. Bob was therefore unallowed to assign me full day shifts herself. She counterattacked with other annoyances, but that's minutia. Refast forward to the second half of June. Bob 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com on her vacations and not to come back until July, forcing July's schedule to be made by the company's automatic schedule generator. The company prefers not to rely on the making of these as they can't attribute individual preferences, someone's studies, taking care of a child, stuff like that, or medical conditions. But it is necessary in situations like these. They serve as a guide to not accidentally be absent during the first days and then hope for the coordinator to patch up from there as she comes back. July, my second week is composed entirely of two hour, 30 minute shifts, excluding Thursday and Saturday. Those two days were full day shifts, amounting to the fact that two hour and 30 minute shifts are also extremely draining as I have to walk 40 minutes to just work, that insult of a shift and then walk 40 minutes back home made that week's shift the absolute worst ever. But for relevancy and key importance here, those two full day shifts were illegal, as they would force me to work shifts that verifiably would hurt me. I expected Bob to be able to fix it, as, despite our ongoing Tom and Jerry-like but unfunny-as-freak relationship, she still had and did fix these kinds of things, but she had such a diarrhea slurping grin so wide and obvious that almost felt cartoonish in real life. She said she was entirely unable to, that she tried to talk to the name of our true boss, HR, and everyone relevant in the company, but between two other co-workers being in medical leave, One of them because of anxiety attacks provoked by Bob, by the way, and the other being sent to the other destination, there was no way to cover this. She didn't say it, but her intent was as clear as the purest of waters. She wasn't allowed to assign me full day shifts, but there was nothing about me eating up ones assigned by others, she supposed. I reminded her about my fasciitis, but she called me a whiny female dog. After that, she added, So make sure to come to these shifts. That specific wording gave me a superb idea. Alright, I'll make sure as soon as possible to be here whenever I must. She smiled at the sense of victory thinking I was defeated and we moved on. When I came back home, I sent an email to both our actual boss and that specific branch of HR that I mentioned earlier to have a confusion-free, 100% verified confirmation of the shifts I gotta work during this month. The short and formatless version would be something like, Hi, I'm OP. I'm sending this email to leave constancy of the fact that I've been made aware that despite suffering plantar fasciitis, contracted at and verified at workplace, and both my medic and myself recommending to not work full day shifts, informed by Bob under the name of True Boss that there's been absolutely no way to prevent such shifts being assigned to my person. 
As such, it appears I must take that as confirmation that these are shifts I should and will work. I've got no response from that. The shift the day next to that nightly email, however, I've been greeted by Bob informing me with a fake smile as fake as Harry Potter Obama the Hedgehog that there was a miracle and she was able to find a way to not just cut those full day shifts to regular ones, but redistribute those hours in a way that makes the 2 hour 30 minute ones into regular as well, effectively giving me more time and money for less physical and moral pain. After I thanked her and moved on to start my shift, I saw her very, very clearly busy with her phone, having some talk worrying her. I heard True Boss's name many times. It was clear she was getting chewed further, harder, and longer than a toddler trying his future favorite gum for the first time. She also had to work full, full day shifts during all that week. Not much of a difference, and she's definitely getting paid those hours, but having in her mind her immense paycheck, I doubt she preferred that. In fact, I can confirm that she did not enjoy this week any single bit. There's also the fact that this series of events should not help Bob in an ongoing investigation about her and the higher-ups that are pandering to her behavior, started by that one worker that got anxiety attacks because of Bob's fault. But that's a story that's still on the making. Feels slightly underwhelming for the full scale of all of Bob's bull poo, but every small victory shall remain better than none. Admittedly, I've been chuckling like a snob character going oh ho 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 while covering my mouth with my hand for most of that week in delight of the unfun Bob delivered to her palm-headed soul self. Funny enough, what OP did here was basically give Bob a chance to not embarrass themselves, to not expose themselves as being terrible at their job. OP basically came to Bob and said, essentially, hey, the schedule's messed up, do you want to correct it? You know, before HR finds out and realizes you don't even do your job right, well, if they don't correct anything, OP's gonna let Bob get exposed then. This next story is from Ancient Ice, Eat Your Fruit. Backstory, my mom has a warped sense of humor, which is where I got mine from. This is only one of many stories of her humor. I asked for a walk for Christmas one year. She was visiting me during Christmas and gave me a super small walk. I asked... Hey mom, any chance I could get a walk one size bigger? We have one that size now and it's a bit too small. Mom said sure. A week later, my new giant walk arrived. It's the size used in Chinese restaurants. My roommate at the time said, did you ask her for the biggest thing she could find? I replied no, I asked for one size bigger. And this is her version of one size bigger. My mom's response was, well, it's bigger isn't it? Another story. For supper one night, my mom made hamburgers, fries, and peaches for dessert. After I finished my burger and fries, I grabbed some more fries. Mom to me said, eat a bit of your fruit before eating those fries. So I grabbed a spoon and scooped up ketchup and ate it, then started eating my fries. My jerk of a stepfather in a scolding tone said, what the heck are you doing? Mom through gritted teeth said, he did exactly what I told him to, he ate a bit of fruit. Stepfather has a puzzled look on his face. I respond, tomato is a fruit, not a vegetable. So, I ate a spoonful of fruit like I was told. Stepfather started laughing and said, well, he did do what you told him. Mom with a frustrated look says, now eat your peaches. Who taught you to be a smart butt? I look at mom and replied, gee, I wonder. I know I'm really uncultured, but before this story, I didn't even really know what a walk was. 
So at least one takeaway I can have from this story is I learned about another cooking utensil. That said, I think most of us can agree that while a tomato is a fruit, eating ketchup is a very far away from eating fruit. Also, while ketchup is really nice on some things, the idea of just eating a spoonful of ketchup by itself kind of makes me shudder a little bit, I'm not going to lie. That's just a bit too much for me. And our final story of the day is from Takuzo. Shut up and do what I tell you. Okay, boss. Hello, my home country of Canada just happened to have an incident where Rogers, one of the big three telecommunications companies, accidentally cut off all telecommunications for 25% of Canada, as well as the point-of-sale systems for most businesses across the country. This reminded me of a malicious compliance incident that happened during my time working at a call center for a Canadian telecommunications company, and I thought I could share my story. This deal starts all the way back in 2013 and involves my time working at a call center at the fourth largest national cellular carrier. For a little bit of context about Canadian telecommunications and specifically cell phone services, Canada's the second largest nation on earth by landmass, with one of the lowest population densities, and the federal government has some strict laws about foreign ownership and financing of telecommunications. As a result of this, cell phone plans are very expensive, and the only companies that offer service are already established large companies with the resources to purchase spectrum and set up infrastructure. My employer was a newcomer to the market and was trying to make a splash by offering lower priced services on the recently auctioned off AWS spectrum. The expensive cell phone plans that were offered in Canada were a real hot button issue. Such a hot button that in the 2011 federal election, all of the major political parties campaigned with the promise to make services better and lower prices. I think even the Bloc had a campaign promise too. The result of this election was that in 2013, the CRTC, Canadian Radio and Television Commission, revised a bunch of the laws that regulated cell phone providers, specifically cell phone contracts. The updated laws were called the CRTC Code of Conduct. The new wireless code made a bunch of changes, but the most important were that cell phone contracts were required to be written in plain English instead of legalese, and any service advertised as unlimited cannot have an overage charge by law. These new regulations were a very big deal at the time, and the employees at the call center I worked at were required to sit through multiple training sessions and take quizzes and tests about this to make sure we knew and understood the new laws. When this was happening, I was working in the back office department in one of the call centers for the cellular carrier. The back office department served several functions, but I'd managed to find a niche in the department. I'd become responsible for monitoring people's roaming usage when traveling outside of Canada and disconnect them before they get bill shock. At the time, it was not uncommon to find news stories of people coming home from a trip and having an $85,000 phone bill, and I was the sole person responsible for making sure that this didn't happen. Also, I worked part-time three days a week. The supervisor of the back office department did not get along with me. He would constantly harass me. I was previously in the technical support department where he was the supervisor when the harassment began. I eventually became frustrated with the way I was being treated and transferred away from technical support to back office so that I could escape from the abuse I was receiving. 
A couple of months after I was transferred, he transferred too and became my supervisor once again and the abuse continued. I'm not sure what I did to this person to make this person treat me the way they did, but we had an antagonistic relationship for as long as he was my supervisor. So in 2014, my employer became the first carrier, to my knowledge, to offer unlimited USA roaming. You could pay $15 a month on top of your normal monthly plan and get unlimited roaming in the United States. They'd also offered a trucker plan, $35 a month total, that would have unlimited voice, SMS, and data anywhere in North America, and it was marketed directly to long-haul truckers. This add-on and plan were a pretty big deal, as other carriers were charging $2 to $5 per megabyte for data roaming. Doing a bit of research, Solo Mobile charges $6 per megabyte for USA roaming to this day. To my mind, monitoring USA roaming is no longer a high priority as I can't disconnect people that have this add-on or appropriate plan because it's against the law. I continue to monitor roaming usage and every time I see a user with a massive amount of data usage, I go into their account to confirm the existence of the add-on or a plan that would allow for this roaming usage. Once confirmed, I move on to the next account. My focus quickly starts to be focused on people traveling in Europe, Asia, and Africa. There are fewer people roaming in those locations as Canada doesn't share a land border with them, and the data roaming rate is a lot more expensive, to the tune of $20 per megabyte. This is going well for a couple of weeks, until my supervisor comes up and asks why I'm not deactivating the accounts traveling in the United States anymore. I attempt to explain that I can't deactivate these customers as they have an appropriate plan or add-on. And if I were to do this, then the company would be in violation of the new laws. We have a back and forth about this and the discussion ends when he says something to the effect of, just shut up and do what I told you. Maybe he said, shut up and do your job. I just remember hearing shut up. Alright, fine. If that's the way you want to do it, can you send me an email with those instructions please? Normally I would work at my normal work pace, but that day specifically, I was flying through accounts. I'm not sure how many people I deactivated, I was cutting people off left, right, and center. I went home that night and knew there would be fallout, and I felt incredibly guilty for negatively affecting the honest customers that were caught in the crossfire of my supervisor's BS. Because I was part-time and only working three days a week, I wouldn't see the fallout for four more days. When I got back to work, the situation was apparently complete chaos. The entire department had spent the four days that I was off trying to reactivate people, and they wouldn't be finished for a couple more days still. I'd heard rumors that some people, important people, had threatened lawsuits and all sorts of other crap as a result of being cut off when they'd purchased plans advertised with unlimited data in the USA. The supervisor and manager tried to blame me, but I had the email and witnesses to our conversation to back me up. I don't know if the supervisor got in trouble over this incident, nothing happened to me over this incident. I do know that he was eventually promoted to being the general manager of the call center and subsequently fired years later when we brought in a union over the crappy working conditions. While OP has no idea if anything did negatively happen to the supervisor, I think it goes without saying that they should have at least gotten chewed out for this. 
Imagine being so stubborn at your job that you ended up putting the company in harm's way of a probably a class action lawsuit. You're talking potentially millions of dollars in damage, at least thousands of dollars. I'm surprised that employee didn't get launched into the moon. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another compliance story that was crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.